This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> uh, what is your name? Ira Weisbird. And what is your primary role in the line dance community? Um, well, I, I would say I'm a choreographer, uh, instructor, and um, I lead uh, workshops. I do a lot of touring, um, cruises. Um, that's my life, you know, music and dance. Um, I also do folk dancing, so, you know, I do workshops for both types. And which dances of yours might people recognize if they, if they heard the name of the dance and associate that with Ira Well, um, probably here, what I've seen them doing is Caballero a lot. Oh, yeah, that's popular here. That one. Um, we, did it, we had to do a classic dance to choose a, a dance that would be classic or considered what we considered, you know, everybody's doing or has done. And the one I chose for this event, Caballero would have been my second choice, um, was SBS, Shuffle Boogie Soul, because when that came out, um, it generated a whole kind of frenzy uh, with the flash mob. It was the first uh, line dance that went all around the world, and people were doing it as a flash mob. Uh, generated over 700 videos on YouTube from all over the world. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And also, it started a whole um, campaign uh, for people that um, had allergies uh, to perfumes and strong scents. And uh, we, start, it, we really uh, used, used this project, the Flash Mob Project, to promote awareness of, uh, of that. And uh, it helped a lot of people you know, recognize that there are people that are very sensitive to strong scents and pesticides and things in the air. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, that you do some touring. Where Whereabouts have you been in your touring? Journey? Well, <clears throat> I've been to Mauritius Island about three times, Reunion Island three times off the coast of Africa. I've been in Europe each year. I go to the Netherlands, Belgium. I've taught in Germany, France. Um, I was at the Crystal Boot Award in um, Blackpool, England. Um, what else? Uh, and in Australia, we're going on a cruise. Uh, I've been to Australia about four times and taught there. And uh, we've also done tours to um, throughout Asia, Indonesia. I've, been to, I've done workshops in Bandung and in Singapore, and in Hong Kong, and Taiwan, <laughs> mainland China. Um, let's see, where else? Where, you just asked me where I haven't been. I haven't been to South Africa yet. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's something I want to do. Haven't been to India yet. Indian line dancers from Mumbai have been on my cruises. Huh. So that's pretty cool. But I want, hope to get there someday. Um, South America, I haven't been, I've never been to South America. Um, I don't know how big the line dancing is there. I don't hear too much about it. But uh, I certainly would like to visit there someday. Yeah, been to, been to a lot of, all over the U.S., California. Every year I go there and do a tour, a three-week tour with, um, uh, from the south L.A. area down to San Diego and up. I just finished a three-week tour with 13 workshops. Uh, throughout the state, yeah, it was pretty pretty amazing. And um, I did an East Coast tour, forty days and forty nights, wow. three years ago, which was pretty uh, crazy. But I loved it. Starting up north in New Hampshire area, and then working my way back down to Florida. Uh, I'd love to do that again sometime. A lot of people have asked me, when am I going to do it again? Um, next year we have two cruises, one in the Caribbean, line dance cruise, and in February, a month later, we're doing the Asian line dance sensation. We already have 150 people signed up for the cruise uh, from 14 different countries. Wow. It's a round trip, Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, and we're also going to have a big dance event the night before the cruise in Singapore with the local 
line dancers and all the people on the cruise. That's going to be cool. And I'm doing that together with two other international choreographers from Australia. Mm. Oh, which ones? Uh, Alison Johnston, mm. who created New Line, mm -hmm. and David Hoyne, who's in uh, uh, Wollongong or Sydney, around mm -hmm. Sydney, yeah. And um, Simon will be there, and oh, great. Philip will be with us in Singapore. And I mean, it's going to be a great, great trip. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. I'm doing workshops in Perth and workshops in uh, Sydney. You know, after the cruise. Um, then in June, we're going to Bulgaria. Bulgaria? Wow. Well, I'm a folk dancer. I choreograph and I, you know, do that. And um, we're going on a two week tour to Bulgaria where we have uh, a Bulgarian dance instructor, friend of mine who is also a choreographer. We've choreographed some Bulgarian dances and Macedonian folk dances together. And uh, we're going to be um, taking a group of folk dancers from the Netherlands hmm. and a group that I'm bringing from the US. Uh, and we're going to be dancing all along the tour with his students who are Bulgarian folk dancers. Wow. And that's going to be a cool trip. We're going to be staying in Plovdiv, yeah. which is the oldest city in all of Europe. Wow. Uh, older than Jerusalem. Huh. Dates back to the 6th century. And full of history and Roman ruins and just, you know, just a, an amazing city. And um, the shopping there is just unbelievable. If you think the shopping's good in Malaysia and <laughs> some of these places, you can find bargains even cheaper in Plovdiv. Hmm. You can find um, jeans, like designer jeans, for like one-tenth the price we pay here in the States. You can eat four people, a four-course dinner or meal, four people, total bill, $25. Wow. Amazing, amazing. And so it's a really great place to visit because of the history and everything. And next year, um, this year I'm doing it with the Dutch people, and I already have a waiting list to do another one of these with about 15 people already waiting to go. They wanted to go on this one, but we, we filled up. We just take one bus. So that's what will be in June. In September, I go back and do Europe again. So I'll be in uh, Netherlands and Belgium. I'll be doing workshops there. I actually did uh, workshops each year for Roy, River Donk, and his... Uh, uh, dance school mm -hmm. and um, and other places around there and uh, that will be in September yeah and then October I come back to California so and you know then back here maybe I don't know we'll see um, yeah so the, the year is pretty full yeah, for, ne for like next year and then the following year we'll see yeah it sounds like this is the main thing that you do that's all I do yeah wow yeah so when I'm home that's the only time I have to really try to put something together for the tours because I'm in my own quiet space, you know. Right. Here it's very busy, you know. It's, it's, it's hard, you know. You're busy preparing for workshops and judging and rehearsals and stuff. So it's hard to concentrate and really put something good together. Mm -hmm. So I'll wait till I get back. Yeah. Hmm. So it, it sounds like it, it takes a lot of proactivity to create mm. this kind of life for yourself. How do you do it? For people who, out there yeah. who might want this for themselves, how, how would they go about that? You know, it's, it's really funny. I think I'm living a dream because I'm, I'm, not one of the younger, I'm not one of the younger choreographers on the circuit. I'm probably one of the senior ones, right? And um, 35 years ago, I was your age, you know, or younger, and I was doing just this with folk dancing. Hmm. And at the same time, I was also teaching line dancing. This was back in the 70s, before country. And a lot of people don't know this, but I try to explain that to them. Even some of the younger choreographers, they, they, they have, they, they're subscribing to the belief that everything started with country line mm -hmm. dancing. But of course, uh, those of us who were doing it, and there were very few of us. I mean, I don't remember even any men instructors or choreographers doing line dancing when I started. They were mostly senior women, you know, doing it for their senior groups and stuff. And I was 19 years old teaching seniors, so I had to come up with stuff that they liked, or I liked actually, 
because I didn't like a lot of the stuff that we were putting together back then. They weren't professional, um, uh, you know, choreographers, but they were just putting together steps that the seniors would enjoy, and they loved it, and their classes were huge. And then, of course, the 80s came, and I, I, I just couldn't believe how many young people started line dancing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it didn't matter. It was country, so what? We did a little bit of country, but most of the music we did in the 70s was from the music that people remembered. You know, the seniors, the, you know, the, 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 the stuff from ballroom rhythms and music that they dance as couples. So they wanted to dance at these socials. That's how it really started. When they became single, they needed, they, did, they needed to find some way or some outlet to get out at night. When the bands came, they didn't want to feel like wallflowers sitting in, in their seats. So we had to create routines for them to do a cha-cha, merengue, foxtrot. And they would do these same dances over and over. If a foxtrot came out, okay, let's do it. Let's do this one. Let's, you know. So the, the real roots of, of line dancing were generic type dances, mm -hmm. dances that were evenly phrased that you could do to any rhythm. You know, if it had that cha-cha beat and you did a cha-cha routine, boom. Anytime the band played it, you would do that same dance. And they, they were happy. They got up and they, were, they could dance. There weren't like millions of dances back then. Mm -hmm. But we, you know, they enjoyed it, just the fact they could get up and dance. And then when the country revolution started in the 80s, um, everybody, including me, got caught up in it. And we, we, we went everywhere. We went to every club. You know, we couldn't wait to do the next thing. And uh, now it's come full circle, you know. When countries started going down here, uh, people didn't want it to die. So they said, you know, let's keep it alive. We don't have to dance just to country music. Let's, why can't we dance to a Latin rhythm? Why can't we dance to hip hop or pop music? You know, things change, evolves. It's evolution, right? Yeah. And uh, I said, wow. That's great, because that was perfect for me. And that's when YouTube came out. Mm -hmm. And that's when I put my first dance out there, which was a Latin dance. It was Cumbia Semana. Mm -hmm. And that dance took off like crazy. And once I did that, then I put Seduced, which also became a huge hit. And um, I just slowly added things. And you, you just, I would say the best advice to give someone is to do it measured. Don't throw too much out there at once. Mm -hmm. You know, put your best foot forward, you know test the water. Um, I was doing these dances with my classes for years before I even published them. Hmm. There was no place to publish them. Mm, right. There was no YouTube. There was no Copper Knob. There was no, uh, no charts. There was no line dancer. Nothing. And so when I saw the Asians, who were really the first ones to start pushing their d the dances from these events on YouTube, I was going, oh my God, I could do that too. So I started with one and then another and another. And what happens is, using YouTube, you, you get people aware of who you are and your, your, you know, your, your dances, and, if, and then they started asking for it, so eventually you, you build up a following. And once you build up a following, it's great. And the thing that really got me to start touring again was the uh, Shuffle Boogie Soul flash mob that we did. Mm-hmm. I don't want to knock off the... We have some visitors at our podcast today. Just <laughs> passing through, passing quite through. literally. Right over. All right, it's okay. Yeah, you were saying. So I was uh, basically. I said, um, you know, I never thought I would start touring again like I did 30 years ago with line dancing. You know, folk dancing. I did. So when I did the flash mob project, and we, it was all over the world, um, I said to people, um, I, I started getting invited to do workshops. And once I got invited to do it in one area, I would let people know, because I had built up a mailing list over time. When people ask you for your, for your dance, you know, they say, we'd like to teach it. Um, I was always helpful to them and encouraging them. You know, I wasn't one of these who uh, wanted to keep it to myself anymore, because for years I did. Mm. And, um, and that's it, you know. I mean, when people start liking what you do, and they start doing a lot of your dances, you get you get invited, you know. I'm not of the the other side, uh, other idea, which is hold on to it or don't let people have it. You know, let them invite you first. It, it's like the chicken which comes first. You know, mm -hmm. let people. I would say if you're starting out, my best advice to you is try to build up a following. Of you know, let people if they like your dances, let let them start. You know, more and more people follow you. 
and and then eventually you'll be invited. I think that's that's what happened for me, you know. And then once they see you, if they like you, they'll invite you back again and again. And so uh, I've been very fortunate. I'm I'm grateful because I've come back to so many places over and over again. You know, some places every year, and some places bring me every other year, or you know, every so often. Um, so I'm I'm you know, it's. It's been very, very nice. I'm, I don't know. I, I'm almost speechless when I, when I talk about it because I never in my life thought that I would be traveling, doing line dancing. It's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, back in the 70s when I started, it was not considered even a form of dance. People would say, this is not dancing. What are you doing? The ballroom dancers would say the meanest things. They'd say, how dare you dance on our music? You know, stuff like this. Hmm. And I, I didn't know how to defend myself. I just said, well, yeah, it is your music, I know. But look at the people having so much fun. Mm-hmm. And there's so many in the class, 300 people. I says, are you going to deny them the opportunity to get up and dance when the bands come? They were very threatened, and, and they didn't like the fact that they would take over the dance floor. Mm-hmm. So what happened was we'd have to do split floors, you know. The ballroom dancers in the front, the line dancers were pushed in the back, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Like we do split floors for levels, right? right? And it worked most of the time, but it had to because in these senior communities, which started out back in the 70s, um, it was the law. They, you know, they, they fought for it. You know, the women said... You know, we, we have every right to dance as uh, anyone else. Mm-hmm. So they were allowed to join in. Mm-hmm. And um, today we have the last laugh because it's, fast, it's growing faster than any form of, of dance, right? Mm. It's amazing, yeah. To what would you attribute the loyalty from, mm. uh, from the following that you've amassed? Like, are there certain principles by which you live by or teach by that uh, people like to be around when they go to your classes? Um, I just stay true to what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I don't pretend to be a hip-hop dancer or, you know, pop. I, I don't really concentrate on pop. People know I do what I like, and I'm fortunate that there's a lot of people that have the same taste in, in the music that I choose. I've always been told from people that bring me we love the music you choose, you know, that kind of thing. And then they love the dances. So, and we, know, we all know that the music is so important. You know, if people hear a song and they like it, uh, that's, that's a good thing. They're, they're gonna, that'll make them want to learn something to it. So the music has a lot to do with it, yeah. And I, and I think I, I like dances that feel good and that um, you can kind of lose yourself in. Uh, dances that you don't have to think too hard about. I, my first teacher was a folk dance choreographer, one of the first very, very famous men in Israel. And um, I had a private audience with him years ago, and he taught me something that I've never forgotten. He said, it doesn't have to be a complicated dance to be a great dance. And I thought about that. He says, I said, well, what do you mean? He says, the best dances are the ones that are simple but interesting. If you want a dance that's going to last forever. And, you know, folk dances, you know, many of them are been, been done for hundreds and thousands of years, right? He says, if you notice, those are the simpler dances, not the choreog- over-choreographed dances. Look, everything that we dance is choreographed. Uh, we have a different philosophy, not me, but folk dancers have a different philosophy than line dancers. I think one of the things that opened the world for me is I've always created, I've always been open to creating or choreographing dances to music that I like. Mm-hmm. In folk dancing, that's almost verboten. Really? Oh yeah. We have traditional folk dancers. You could call them the country line dancers, right? Mm. And we've got the ones that do everything, right? And you know, the country, those that subscribe to Just Country, a lot of them will say to you, that's the only true line dancing. The rest Mm. of it isn't real. I mean, when you go to Europe and stuff, 
in some countries and some groups that are only country, um, they wouldn't even look at anything else unless it's country music. Well, in folk dancing, there is a very strong uh, opinion by what we call traditional folk dancers that if you don't know the name of the choreographer, then that means it's authentic or traditional. As soon as you know who created the dance, how can it be a folk dance? Uh, you know? And I've always said, how could it, poss how could it possibly not have been created uh, by a choreographer? I mean, and I say to them, where do you think it came from? God? From the, you know, the steps came from... But that's the way a lot of the traditionalists feel. And I've always gotten flack on that because I've created dances. I've studied in all the countries where I've created dances. So I've studied in Greece, in Yugoslavia. I do a lot of Balkan, Macedonian, Romanian. I even do Polish. I mean, I've studied in all, all those countries with a lot of groups. So I've always, and I've gone to all the seminars, you know, like we have our um, line dance um, events. Dance events, right. So I've, I've, I have a tremendous background when I was young. I, I traveled all over Europe, and I always would study with different uh, folk groups. So I know all the basic steps, just like we know the basic line dance steps, right? Why couldn't someone else? There are people who are doing dances that they think are traditional, but because the instructor never told them it was theirs. Mm. You see? Sneaky. They're okay to dance. What's, what's real funny is after all these years, people have been doing many of my dances without knowing they were mine. And as soon as they find out it's mine, they go, really? Yeah. All right. Taking another moment just to enjoy the fresh air out here <laughs> in this uh, well-traveled passageway yeah. outside the hotel at Biggest Dance Explosion. Yeah. So you were saying... So anyway, the, the long or short of it is, um, I just think, just stay true to what you believe, you know, if, if, you, if you have a certain um, affinity for a certain genre, mm -hmm. stick with it. Um, try not to try to be everything or do everything. Um, and, and age appropriate too. Like, I, I mean, I couldn't see myself doing hip hop. You know, when, you, you know, when you're young, yes, maybe. And I do deal with seniors, so I know that they can't do that. So I'm happy that there's younger choreographers that do that, and that's great because we need to bring young people into this. Um, seniors have been doing it forever, and they'll and everybody will become a senior someday. Mm -hmm. So I've got the best of both. Oh yeah, you know, and and I think it's great. We we all we all can. Uh, there's room for everybody. There's room for every style, and. Um, I say more power to it. And, that, and I think line dancing gives people like you and me an opportunity to be creative. Uh, it's, it's more free. Folk dancing is a little harder. Mm. I've had to break through that wall. Um, I've managed to do it. I'm still teaching around the world. My dances, they're still being done everywhere. Mm. I was the first non-Israeli to be recognized as an Israeli choreographer huh. back in 1982. And um, I also uh, choreographed a circle dance in 2006 that was on an Albanian uh, singer uh, recording mm -hmm. of an Irish-Canadian uh, songwriter named Lorena McKennett. Huh. The song is called Tango to Evora. Mm -hmm. It's a tango, but it's a beautiful rendition, a cover of it in Albanian. And I did it in the Israeli style because it's very lyrical, like a lot of Israeli dances. And <laughs> it beat every Israeli dance that year. I received uh, the award for the best circle dance of the year. Wow. From all over the world and, and from Israel. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very proud of that. And when I went back to Israel 25 years later, I hadn't been in Israel for 25 years. I was just blown away because there were three dances that they do every time I walked into a room and there would be like 1,500 people dancing. 
Wow. They would fill the floor doing all three of my dances whenever I walked in the room. That's so that cool. was an honor. I mean, I said, oh my God, 25 years ago I taught these dances. And they're still doing them, and they're still on the top of their lists and everything. I mean, it's, it just blew me away. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I've really had a, a, a very full uh, life experience in both folk and in line dancing. And I, today, I have the opportunity to, to do both mm -hmm. and continue doing both, yeah. Now, your song selection, you mentioned, isn't necessarily the pop song of the day or right. you know, the hit yeah. country song. Yeah. Where do you find your songs mm -hmm. and which ones do you decide need yeah. a dance for them? And how do you make that decision? That's a good question because um, I like the classic rhythms and the classic music because I think they're, if they're classic they'll be around forever, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, who knows, who knew, ever knew that hip-hop would become a genre and stick, right? Yeah. I mean, when I when I first saw it, I was, of course, I was older. I didn't I didn't take to it at all. But I mean, I I was wrong. I thought, oh my God, that'll never last. But look at it, everybody's doing it, right? Um, and I actually like some of it now. You know, a lot of it has has really been really good. Um, in my case, I'm fortunate because. I have artists that, that have actually contacted me and have sent me and they send me their music. These are original songwriters, independent um, artists. Um, it started with Preston Shannon with Shuffle Boogie Soul. And after that, people saw my dances on YouTube that were songwriters from all over the world. And I have a Canadian uh, artist from um, Stouffville, Ontario. Um, who sends me her music and I wrote a dance for her. I have um, a guy in South Africa. I wrote music. He does some of the classics. And um, also in um, Italy. That's where I got Caballero because the Mario Riccardi Orchestra wrote that one and they've sent me all their new music. So I'm, I'm constantly getting music from them mm. and in Italy especially because I love the, the Italians have uh, some of the best ballroom rhythm music mm. out there uh, better than some of the Latin or Spanish ones yeah mm. they're just just beautiful recordings I mean if you listen to them so yeah I, I never have a problem with music because they're constantly sending me stuff and I'm happy to do it because um, it's it's become for example Caballero was there and, and they're a very famous orchestra they're probably the most famous orchestra in all of Italy uh, for dancing and they get huge crowds. I really believe, and they do too, they've told me that Caballero is their biggest selling number hmm. of all the numbers they've done. And I've done several dances for them too. But that and two others that I did are, are their biggest sellers, yeah. Hmm. So I think um, a lot of the artists, independent artists, are happy to get their music out there, their name out there, if a choreographer is willing to do a dance, yeah. And um, there are some that are more protected, like some of the ones that are already well established, you know, and sometimes it'll be blocked in other countries. But I've been fortunate because these independent artists give me full reign. I mean, if I were to even make a CD, they don't care, <laughs> but I don't. I just, I just basically um, send the music out and tell them that it's available if they want it, they can get it. Or sometimes, <coughs> if they're instructors, I'll send it to them, and I have free license to do that, which is really, really good, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, the, it's... And, and, and also, the, the other thing is, whenever a new song comes on the radio, there's going to be 10 or 12 people pouncing on it. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy to find music that I like, that other people would never have heard of, mm -hmm. and um, and it's 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 harder to get a dance like that going, mm -hmm. because usually people want to dance to stuff that they've already heard, right? Mm -hmm. When you go in the elevator, and you hear a lot of our line dance music, right? And I think that helps people say, "Oh yeah, we know that dance." You know, you don't hear a lot of the songs that I have in the elevator, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, if people are doing the dance. That's great. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned that when you come home from traveling, that's when you have the peace and quiet you need for yeah. choreography. What is your ideal choreographic process like? What does that look like for you? 
Well, first, first I have a, I keep putting songs in a folder, you know, mm -hmm. on my computer. So when I when I when I feel like I want to do something, I'll start listening to music. So I'll put them in in a certain order, you know. I like this one. I like this one. I like this one. So I'll pick one or two that I think I like, and then I'll start listening to the music. And I usually listen to it a lot of times. Um, you know, you chart it, you know, you see if it's got even phrases, if it needs tags or restarts. I prefer to uh, find music that has nothing but, you know, straight, even counts so that, uh, because most people don't like to do the tags and restarts, even though it's something that we, we have to do sometimes. So if we have to do a tag or restart, if a song has more than one or two, I usually don't even bother, you know. And I know other choreographers do, but, you know, I just, I just don't think it's going to last that long. It might be okay for a few months, but, you know, most of the time you hear people say, no, they don't like the tags and restarts. Mm -hmm. They don't like that. Um, oh, one moment as we take a, a second to pause. I guess. And we are back. You were in the middle of uh, describing yeah. your choreography or your choreographic process. Okay. So the first thing is, you know, when you find a song you really love, you know, you listen to it and listen to it, keep listening to it several times, you know, to really get that song. Well, if it's a song that you know, then it's not so hard, but if it's a song that you, you just say, oh, wow, that's a new song, I love it, really want to get that song in your head, you know, where you can almost sing it, right? And then chart it. You know, see that it has even phrasing or not, and then decide whether you want to do something to it or just fool around. So you just, what I do is I just kind of close my eyes and think about the rhythm. You know, uh, you want to do a cha-cha? Does it need a lot of syncopation? Does it need um, how many walls? You know, you think of all the, just, just put all those ideas in your head, but nothing solid, right? And. See if you can come up with an eight-count measure to get things going, or, or a hook, you know, they call it a hook, something that fits the phrasing really nice, or, or even the lyrics, hits the lyrics right, you know. Um, so, yeah, all, all kinds of things happen. I think it just takes practice and experience. Um, and then you, then you feel, feel, all right, so you do this step, then what would you do next? Sometimes I'll, I'll start a dance and I'll just get a block, just come to a wall, and rather than push it, that's the worst thing you can do, because then it looks really like you really just put steps together. I'll just put it aside and I'll come back to it at maybe later in the day or another day, you know? Mm -hmm. And for some reason it just clicks the next time, you know? So, um, that's that's what you do, and and, and and then sometimes I'm not happy with it completely, so I'll go to sleep. The next morning I'll I'll be really anxious to see what I could, you know, how I'll feel because you get really tired, you know, it's weary, you know, mm -hmm. we're working, we're, all right, let me go to sleep, and and you know, I'll write down what I put, what I did, so I won't forget what I thought of, but you know, it's still there in your head and your feet, right, to some extent, mm -hmm. and then you wake up the next morning and and boom. You come up with an idea when you're fresher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I guess I don't know. Uh, I I always think of um, putting together a dance like I did with folk dancing because I, I I first choreographed folk dancing before I did line dancing. Really, it's the same thing. It's just circles. We're doing pretty much the same steps. But folk dancing does have a lot more variety and rhythms than line dancing. Line dancing is a lot easier. I mean, when you think about it, it's eight or six, right? I mean, somebody's calling. And we're going to take a moment to pause. Well, that's a, quite a helicopter, isn't it? Oh. All right. Our friendly neighborhood aircraft has passed over. <laughs> and uh, you were mentioning about... Um, Choreography. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So <coughs> when, when, when I started doing folk dancing, I, I used to channel. I use that word, you know. How would a Romanian dance to this song, or how would a Bulgarian dance to this song? Because I had studied their style of dance in the past. So if it was um, a uh, Romanian hora, it would have to have the walking steps, or the stomps, or the stamps that they, you know, which is um, when you see stamping and dancing, that's Romanian, you know. 
when you see a lot of shaking or um, jiggling, that's Croatian or Yugoslavian. So certain, certain steps they have um, are similar to line dancing, but then they have uh, certain folk steps, you know, mm. which are different, yeah. So, um, but they, they also have waltz tempos, and they also have the um, basic uh, rhythms, like uh, you can count. And it's funny, because when I was doing folk dancing, we would usually learn from the native uh, people, and a lot of them had trouble with their English. So they would count out the dances, because they were musicians mostly, the way musicians would count out, hmm. you know. Like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, you know. Not like we do, one, two, and three, four, and you know, like that. And I never could dance the way musicians count, hmm. because I'm a dancer, I'm not a musician, right? right. And I've been, in my folk dance workshops, line dancing has also helped me because of the way we've made our notations, our step sheets, very precise and accurate, you know, with the counts. So precise that there are people, quite a few people, that will be able to pick up any dance just from a step sheet without even looking at a YouTube, right, mm -hmm. or video. Um, I, I'm more visual, so I like to see the video too, you know, and then compare the two. Um, but there are people that that still do that, just a, just a step sheet. So it's very exact. It has to be, because if it, if it's one little thing off, then of course it's going to be wrong. Yeah. Now it's a four wall instead of a two wall because you didn't turn a quarter farther. Exactly. Yeah. It could be a very simple thing, or right change right for left. You know, it could be a typo. So you've got to really inspect it. But if it's done correctly, you should be able to dance the dance. And in folk dancing, I teach like line dancing. And I can count any dance in folk dancing because we, we, we call tags and restarts. In folk dancing, you don't always have even phrases. And even more so, you don't have even phrases because the, the rhythms are so offbeat mm -hmm. and so strange, like 9 sixteenths, mm -hmm. stuff like that that I can still count in eight and then add the extra tag. Hmm. So it works, and, and, it, and actually it helps people learn folk dancing even better than they ever did before. So I try to explain that to them. I say, when I'm teaching you this, I'm teaching you uh, the way dancers count mm -hmm. rather than musicians, you know. And it makes it much easier. I wish they did that when I was learning because I would have to learn these rhythms by ear, you know, to try to feel the music and feel the rhythm. And that was much harder, mm -hmm. yeah. But, um, you know, I've been doing it for so many years, yeah, yeah. Facebook Live and the future. Mm -hmm. uh, you, I've noticed, have, uh, have made much use of Facebook Live, and that's sort of a, a new thing in Only the last in the uh, world. three weeks. <laughs> yeah, and wondering I, what, I, what inspired that? I saw, I saw um, a few people doing it because I, I was getting their, because we're friends. If we're a friend on Facebook, you get an immediate message. So-and-so went live, right. you know. I said, wow, that's so cool. I said, I put stuff on YouTube, but imagine uh, people seeing where you are when you're doing your workshop at the moment you're doing it. I said, I want to learn how to do that. So I went through Google trying to figure out how to do it, and I couldn't find anything. Then my wife went to Fun in the Sun in Orlando, and she said, Ira, do you know that they're doing the uh, events? They're videoing them with his iPhone. They don't even use a camera anymore. I said, really? I said, how do they do that? And he's also doing live uh, Facebook, you know, with the performances and stuff. I said, well, you know, get his card. I want to speak to him. That was Kelly over there. And uh, over the phone, he said, Iris, it's real simple. Just go to your Facebook app, not, face, you know, not, not search for it. Go to your app on your iPhone, click on it, and it'll say live at the top. You just press there and boom. One, and it goes three, two, one, mm -hmm. and then it shows. And I did it in California. That was the first time the last three weeks ago. And it was a blast. We, we, we just had so much fun with it. And I think you just shared one of the videos that my wife did live. Was mm -hmm. it 
the show we did last night mm. the Charleston was it you or something? I might have uh, I've definitely been going down my newsfeed and liking yeah um, and, and I noticed that it had 3,000 views overnight and I said that's amazing that's even that's more views than you get on any YouTube video in that much time mm -hmm. so I said well, that's a, a fabulous thing to do have a live Facebook feed and you know if you have Facebook friends that are line dancers and I do they're all fo folk or line dancers um, they were thrilled they said oh my god this we weren't able to come to the event, but we saw what you were doing, and we, we felt like we were there, that kind of thing. So um, it's great. It's great. And I, I, I hope I can use it again. I tried using it here a few times, but the, the Internet uh, wasn't very good in the room. So we'd get live, and then, I, then it would shut off right away. Mm. Yeah, it was a shame. But we're going to keep trying. We'll see if we can do it. Yeah. What other big ideas do you see in... Um in the future of line dance, what what potential is there for maybe making dances easier to learn or mm -hmm. sharing it with more people? What, uh, uh, for example, mm -hmm. uh, djfeed.net I think is a brilliant idea. Which idea? Is uh, DJ feed where it shows everybody yeah. what's playing at an event as mm -hmm. the DJ is playing, or nextlinedance.com oh, okay. shows okay, okay. people uh, what's being requested, yeah. and, and they can see from all over the world you know, through this oh, yeah, connection. Yeah, yeah. What other uh, sorts of very recent ideas are you excited by in line dance? Okay. Um, well, one thing I noticed in Israel, mm -hmm. they're al al always ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a guy um, who has the largest groups, and he's probably the most prolific choreographer today, popular through the roof. Every week he has a session in Tel Aviv University with no less than 1,500 dancers dancing all at once wow. in a double gym. And he has gone crazy with um, big screens where you actually see yourself dancing. Hmm. It's like really techno, you know, with lighting and everything. And um, he also brings in, like we had Nancy Hayes, he brings in the original singers of these songs wow. so that people can uh, actually meet the singers and dance to their songs. It's, it's just amazing. So what, what uh, Joe and Nancy did, that kind of thing, um, to bring in you know, popular singers or singers of popular dances mm -hmm. to do that, that would be cool. Um, and, if, and anything like that, you know, where you have the uh, big screens, and you can see yourself dancing. And, and that what they do in the rooms to show at workshops that's also a nice thing to have. Oh, the demos. Um, yeah, so you, you can run from room to room. You can say, oh, because you have three oh, screens. Oh, those too, yeah. And you have three screens going in each room. You can see what they're playing. Right. And then you, you don't miss anything. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the technology is, is just constantly improving and making it easier for people to really um, have eyes everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Are there any problems that uh, that you think maybe haven't been solved yet that you hope somebody f some somebody comes up with a solution for? Solutions for well, um, you know, in in a perfect world, it would be nice to have one dance to one song, wouldn't it? Though that kind of thing. Of course, you know, there are people that would argue with you and say, "Yeah, but what about people of different levels? Right. You yeah. need a split floor," and and I I can appreciate that too, but. Um, isn't it so much nicer when you have a big event and everybody's doing the same dance? Mm -hmm. It just looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think it sometimes will distract, detract from the original dance. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I've been fortunate because I think it's very rare that anybody has made a double dance to one of my songs. Mm -hmm. Almost never, 99% mm -hmm. of the time. There's no other dance to Shuffle Boogie Soul, no other dances to Seduce. I can name you all my dances. So either, either it's because nobody else liked it, but everybody's doing the dances, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm fortunate that way, yeah. But I can see where with a pop song, you know, a song that's Megan Trainer or... Can't Stop the Feeling has at least 20 versions. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, uh, everybody wants to do something to it. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm from the old school. I'm a pretty old school, and I, I think that as choreographers, we really should check and see if there's a dance by the name we want to use. Mm -hmm. And if there is already, change it, because it's confusing. And if there's a dance to that song, 
always check and see if it ever took off. I'm not saying don't do another dance to that music, but if it's never been done anywhere, I mean, you can't really tell for sure, but if there's no YouTube videos or it's never been taught in any events, well, in that case, you know, I would say go ahead and do something, but if something's going really, really good, mm -hmm. why? Why make another dance? Yeah. You know, show respect to the, your fellow choreographers. There's enough music out there for everyone. Absolutely. I mean, look at me. I, I, I can if I can find music by independent artists, anybody can. Mm -hmm. You just have to look. You know, don't jump on the first song that comes on the radio, unless there's nothing to it. You know, mm -hmm. if you're the first one, good, good for you. Yeah. Right. We have some uh, some other passers-by uh, coming into the great Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. I'm yeah. assuming they're headed to the Taekwondo competition. Busy place here, yeah. Um, if you, let's say, you know, assume we have the ear of every line dancer in the world, every DJ, yeah. uh, event manager, choreographer, instructor, mm -hmm. what would you ask uh, mm -hmm. any or all of those those categories of uh, people in the line dance community um, mm -hmm. to c consider or do, and mm -hmm. you partly answered that question by asking, you know, please look at whether a dance is already out there, um, right. and that, that might be specifically directed toward uh, the choreographers out there. Yeah. Is there anything that you would like instructors to start thinking about doing, or um, the DJs or the event managers or the dancers themselves? I know some folks uh, have, have have asked that dancers take a look at um, standard mm -hmm. uh, dance floor etiquette, just to see you know how partner dancers can maybe go out the outside and you know, line dancers can be on the inside. What are some of the requests that you would have from others in the community? I'm not sure I understand. So you're saying uh, um, to event directors or to oh uh, just to, to any anybody out there who's listening? Uh, is there anything that, given that they're listening to you right now, is, is there anything that you would ask uh, any of those? Groups, ask them to um, to consider or maybe take action on. No, just I mean, look, everybody needs to just remember that um, we we just need to respect one another, and 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 it, like I said, um, if someone has a dance to a particular song and it's a big hit or it's going very well. Um, Find another piece of music. That's, I mean, that's basically what I meant. Yeah, because um, I uh, there's always going to be new music. There's always something, and there's stuff that people never even thought of doing uh, a dance to. I mean, I just taught Jamaica Farewell. Uh, that's an old song, but there was never anything done to it. Nothing that you can see on the internet if you Google or search. What I'll do always when I see a song, if it's not a brand new song or song that was given to me by an artist specifically or exclusively or whatever, um, I'll always Google. I'll, I'll, I'll try everything to find out if there's a dance, you know, go to Copper Nam, go to the other side. Um, and, and that's how I do it. I mean, I've turned down a lot of songs that I really liked because I saw there was already something to it. Um, so... You know, there's no reason to create something if people already enjoy a dance to it. I, I like one song to one dance. I think it's just just healthier for the line dance community. I agree. Uh, it's less confusing. Yeah. Yeah, I think when Wagon Wheel comes up, there are at least five different dances that. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a Bob Dylan song, right? Uh, oh, uh, Wagon the Wheel Rock. Yeah, mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, beautiful song. Jamie Marshall did a very easy beginner dance, which is fine. Um, I, I have no problem with that. I mean, we do it. We do the beginner version. But then there was one before that that was the main one, right, by, um, uh, was it Yvonne Anderson? I'm not sure. The one that I learned apparently is only ever done in Sonoma County or oh, something because okay. I've never seen anybody else do Maybe it. Maybe there was another so It's one. funny how like, so the there instructors must be a will few. choose. Must be a few. Uh, they'll choose dances from who knows where. Yeah. And then you go out and you, you hear the song and you're great, like, oh, I, I bet a lot of people know this. And then they're yeah. all doing something different. And that's kind of what you're talking about with split floor. And I know. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's always exceptions. I mean... If, if, if one is like an intermediate or high intermediate and someone has a beginner class and 
wants to create something a little simpler. An example of that was um, Rachel, oh, Will, Will Boss and Roy Verdung. Mm -hmm. They did the first dance to, um, oh my gosh, what was the name of that dance? It was a pop song that was real popular. Um, blurred Lines. Oh, Blurred Lines, yes. They were the first. Hmm. It was up there on Comprenov. It was a very cute little dance. And then Rachel, we love her. Absolutely. She wrote the next, uh, another one. She didn't check to see, obviously, or didn't care, but um, I know they were very upset about that. Oh. Yeah. But she won first place with that dance. So it's Crystal Boot. It matches the music very It must well. have hurt Roy and Will because they were the first to come up with a dance. Right. And then um, Allison wrote a beginner dance, and, but she changed the name. Ah. See, now that's what Rachel um, made. She could have changed the name. That would have been confusing. She called it the same. But um, Allison uh, wrote a, a cute beginner dance version of it and um, called it Blurry Lines. Hmm. And actually, that dance went very well. After Rachel's dance won the Crystal Boot that year, um, Allison's dance went everywhere. I mean, mm. yeah, beginner classes loved it. Interesting. It was really high on the charts. So uh, we were doing it for a while, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, not everybody could do it in advance. You know, I think Rachel's was more advanced. It, yeah, I haven't even learned it yet. It's been on my list. Oh, yeah? But it, it, I, just, I find reasons to learn other ones that look more approachable before yeah. I get to that one. And then, and then, you know, once you don't do it, there's another dance. So, you, yeah, right. it's hard to catch up. It definitely is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one thing I've noticed about uh, Can't Stop the Feeling is that the two big ones that have been splitting the floor here, uh, neither, neither of them are called Can't Stop the Feeling. You've got Sunshine in My Pocket, based mm -hmm. on part of the lyrics, and um, so just Dance, 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 which is also part of the lyrics. And then you have John Lieberman has a group of people here who know his dance, including myself, yeah, yeah. and his is Just Feel Like Dancing. Yeah. And they know, like, this is a pop song. Everyone's going to call it Can't Stop the Feeling. Right, so they right. all differentiate it. Yeah, for well, that's good. That's remember. good. Yeah, if they do that. If people wanted to, was it was you were saying? No, that's fine. Oh. Uh, if people wanted to get in contact with you, how would they best do that? Well, I'm on Facebook and on YouTube. How do you spell your name? W e i s b u r d Weisberg. And your first name is I R A. I R A. Yeah. Right. Uh, one final question before yeah. you head off to the rest of your evening: What dance do you think everyone should learn right now? From this event. From in general, in life, what oh. do you think would enrich their lives to learn? Well, <clears throat> well I can just say, um, from this event, there's a dance Maddie did that really I really love. Oh, and that's Madison Glover. Maddie's, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was my favorite so far. There were a few that I really liked, but Maddie's dance, I think, is the one I really... I would, I would jump to teach first. Was it the it's a beautiful rumba, Last Dance. Oh, Last Chance Dance. That one. Mm. I think it's brilliant. I love the feeling. I love the music. That's my style anyway. Mm. So I might be a little bit prejudiced there. <laughs> but um, for someone so young as she is, and I met her uh, in Tamworth when she was only like 18 or 17, I think maybe 16. <laughs> what is she, 19 now? 20? She's 22. 22, yeah. So it was four four years ago before she was choreographing she's always performed you know from this because she comes from a dancing family her father is Tom Glover who's also a very famous choreographer and <clears throat> for someone that young to make a dance like this just made me so happy because you know she's she's a young person and put beautiful steps to a classic song and um, and, it, and it flows so beautifully yeah. so that would be my first choice I'll have to try yeah. that one out everybody learn that dance <laughs> last chance dance Madison Glover yeah, yeah. Right. well thank you so much for coming out and chatting line dance with me uh, it was my pleasure well, hopefully Thanks, I'll Chris. see you out there on the floor <laughs> yeah we will sure